this is a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you This is a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you back to Brian K. Pod, the internet's only fantastic, amazing podcast about the work of Brian K. Vaughn, specifically going issue by issue of Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples' wonderful series, Saga. This issue, 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 this podcast episode is for issue eight of Saga. I'm one of your hosts, Spencer. And I'm Logan. And uh, this is the only podcast hosted by us that is fabulous and fantastic that covers this podcast. Uh, comic book welcome back what we do is we go through each issue uh basically cover to cover talk about it the you know the plot stuff the the art different thoughts theories feelings emotions um and just kind of talk about it and discuss the uh, the ongoing series i have not read ahead i am i'm getting close to where i read many years ago uh, and it's all very hazy now for me um and then logan has read up to uh, but not including the new issues at this point. That's still correct, right, Logan? Yes. Uh, so, so I've read up to issue 54. 54, which is by uh, all accounts I do know. Uh, it has the same tenor online that people talking about the third book of Game of Thrones have or had before we got to the Red Wedding on that show. Um, and so I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens there. But but yes, yeah, so you're there. Uh, I am in the past. We are working our way uh, to catch up. And in between each graphic novel size chunk, we take a brief pause and we work on an actual full graphic novel collection of Brian K. Vaughn's. We did a special episode on Private Eye a few weeks ago. Um, that is our, our, our only one of those so far. And we have Doctor Strange, The Oath coming up in a few weeks uh, to commemorate uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which has uh, a trailer out that's crazy. And I saw it in IMAX yesterday, Logan, and it was uh, wild. <laughs> have it So just uh, briefly, Doctor Strange stuff. Did you finally get to see the footage that isn't in the trailer that played during the Super Bowl? I think so. Yes, I've watched all the stuff. So yes, but I don't. I don't know the difference of what I saw where. Like I don't. I've just way seen more zombie stuff. So um, yes, yeah. I have so seen. yeah, I'm, that puts me a little on edge, but it looks good. So yeah. <laughs> um, the funny thing is the when Doctor Strange sort of does his multiple arms, like zombie Doctor Strange does his multiple arms, that kind of final shot of one of the trailers, that's what played at the IMAX. And that was the first time I felt like I had like really seen a good look at him in that big yeah. I, but I needed a a mini, mini story tall screen to be able to make it all out in detail. I'm so fucking jealous. <laughs> I don't have one near me. So the reason we're talking about this, I saw the Batman uh, yesterday in IMAX. And what's funny enough, they don't have scenes that were shot for full IMAX. So it's not like the Dark Knight Rises or the Dark Knight where it goes all of a sudden, boom, you're full screen falling into it. It's still larger and it's, the sound is incredible. Um, so don't be super jealous on Batman. Because what did you did you see it at like the IMAX down there? No, I, the friend that I went with always wants to go and sit in the reclining seats, which are only at a small yeah. uh, theater and the sound is not great. So 
That would be the one thing I know I beat you on is the sound. The visuals were great because it was nice, but it wasn't like the full screen, like the whole deal. But the sound, like when that car feels like it's going through my body, it was incredible. Um, But the last thing I'll say about it, and we can get to our, our, this will turn into a regular thing where we just spend five minutes talking about nothing. Um, But I saw the Top Gun Maverick trailer in IMAX. And let me tell you, man, the trailer, I thought it looked cool because it's the guy who did, I can't think of his name, but he did Oblivion. He's a very visual director. It's like, though this looks really cool, uh, I don't care anything about Top Gun, even though I like the Mission Impossibles and Tom Cruise and action stuff. I don't care about Top Gun. Um, But man, that whole trailer is shot. And then it's in the movie, it even says filmed for IMAX. Uh, The whole trailer is IMAX, the full frame full size man when i tell you i was like my heart started racing that old school music kicked in i was like this is going to be the best movie ever made <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's so immersive that i had like taste blindness and i was like no other movie compares to this trailer it was so incredible um so i am very much looking forward to that uh, finally coming out it said in may um so that and dr strange will be playing at the imax here in may and i am there for it anyway yeah. I might have to make the trip up if you can get a weekend to see Doctor Strange and IMAX. I might just have to come up for the day, and we'll yeah, man. we'll do that. Because you know my my birthday's then, so we can sort of maybe make it like a birthday thing. Yeah, oh man, that would be great. And also, just briefly, Oblivion, very underrated film. Totally agree. Really like Oblivion. I even like the soundtrack a lot. I have the score I listen to on vinyl and I listen to on Spotify from time to time. Real so, good music. As, as and well. I could be completely remembering this wrong, but originally, I believe, written to be a graphic novel. And oh, really? I didn't know that. Film. I could be wrong about that. It reads like that. I mean, it reads like either a graphic novel or like a one of those just like one off sci fi books that people are like, oh, that was really good. And did that guy either make anything else? And then they never do. Um, but anyway, that's a good movie. <laughs> I bet Brian K. Vaughn likes Oblivion. That's our segue. I bet he would like that movie. We should we should ask him when you get him on the podcast, friends and listeners. Um, so but then we'd have to turn off the show. So that's it's a double edged sword. The dude anyway. is not on Twitter either. So. <laughs> So it'd be have to have to be someone who likes to hear about him, but also knows him. <laughs> what yeah. a weird combo uh, that would be. But if it happens, I will gladly accept the weird combo. Um, issue eight. Let's let's jump in. Um, uh, coolest cover so far. I'm just going to start there. I mean, it. so it's kind of appropriate you're talking about Top Gun because it is a very Top Gun cover. Like you know her what? just yep. chilling that on that point. jet. It was this was all intentional saga talk in its own way. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. Like it's like I love the bubble, like the color of the pink and the bubble and the dark, the greens and all the colors so good. And it's just such a cool dynamic. Isn't she cool? That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah, she she is impossibly cool. And I love that we get um so much of her as a soldier at the beginning of this. I mean, I say so much, it's only a few pages, but it's enough. <laughs> and there's nothing better than her clocking him with that gun, which I'm jumping ahead, but it's still so damn great. <laughs> well, we get to see, let's start with the first page. So we get to see the end of the book. It looks like the, uh, the famous book uh, that, that uh, Prince Robot is, is using as a potential 
clue on the trail of our, of our main characters. And I love that it's basically like this romance set kind of in these kind of times. <laughs> like what you can kind of pick up on is they're going to like, did you tape this episode of the show? And they're going to watch it. I sort of liked, uh, I like they're talking about the season sucked. I really love how mundane our life is now compared to their life in this world. And that's kind of what they're doing. It's very fun. What did yeah. you think of the little excerpt or the page? I, I, it was it was great, but it, not as good as her describing the plot on the next page. <laughs> Let's see. So, okay. So, so that's the best book I've ever read. What part did you like? What did she say? It's, it's story, story of a, of a rock monster and yeah. the daughter of this rich quarry owner. <laughs> the monster and the girl meet, but instead of trying to kill each other, they mostly just hang out and play board games. Except sometimes they leave their apartment to eat sandwiches at the movies. And honestly, I, I, I know we talk about your personal life a lot on this podcast, but I was like, oh, it's the story of Spencer and Katie. <laughs> this is them before they had kids. Well, it's also funny because this is also how I describe movies that I like that I can't get you and my other friends to ever watch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so I definitely related to the, to the recommendation, but I also think like, it's kind of fun cause it's this mundane version, but we all have that thing, right? Like she's, it's totally relatable no matter what it is you're into that people are like, yes, we get it. We know you love the Falcons. Yes, we get it. We know you love this. Like, it's like, and then people are just like, okay, we've had it. Like, and that's kind of her dynamic here with her little friend. It's so funny. Yeah, and the little, the whatever creature that is. The like brain, brain octopus. Yeah. <laughs> like, I told you, she's insufferable. <laughs> and it's like, is she even like, what is the brain thing? I want to know about the brain. Like, I wonder if we get to meet the brain some more and feel like, because he's got like some knobs and like stuff in his little Bacta tank. And, yeah. and I'm wondering like, are they like, is it managing the cameras on the screen? Is it like keeping what does it do is it torturing prisoners what is it doing i want to know so maybe that, we'll that's uh, one find of those out. things that i would love to ask uh volan r staples like okay so what uh, what are the script pages for this does it just say these two uh characters and then plus a third character of like some kind of alien origin and then fiona staples goes well it's an octopus brain in a back to tank or does he come up with that? Like, because it, it is a one panel thing. And it just, it's fascinating. You're right. <laughs> like, it's been like two pages wondering, well, what is this thing? No, no, I totally agree. And I, and I like the, it, what's the, there's like a brain thing in Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, right? That's like in like the belly of the guy. Krang. Krang. So there's kind of like yeah. a Krang vibe going on. Um and that's a sort of the – who knows if that's intentional, right? But the thing about Saga is that it is so rich in, like, all of its influences, whether on its sleeve or not or or intentional or not, um, that, like, it just reminds me of so much. Like, there's even, like, this element, weirdly, of, like, the um, – and I haven't seen Starship Troopers in years, but something about, like, the big guns and, like, their outfits yep. and, like, the – casualness of their war that like her like alana's group they just remind me a little bit of starship troopers in there too and the bubble screen reminds me of the minority report like moving around the memories that tom cruise is doing to bring him up for some reason a second time in the podcast um but it's like like this is just like two pages and i'm thinking of all these things that this book 
uh, reminds me of, but again, as we've mentioned before, not in that Tarantino reference way, just more like they're all, they all have like shared DNA and that's really cool. I think. Oh yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And so damn fascinating. Like, so who was it? Sandman, right? That they put out those giant hardback annotated editions. Yes. Yes. I, when this is said and done, I need that for this book. Like, just notes on, like, we were drawing from this, we were drawing from that. Like, I just, I want that so badly. You know, it's funny. As much as um, uh, I respect what they did in Sandman in my mind, I would love to, to read through that. I feel like that would go against the way Vaughn does stuff. Like, like he's he's not, like, as hardcore as, like, Oh, let me rephrase. He's not as obtuse as like David Lynch, who will, if you ask any question about any of his movies or Twin Peaks or whatever, he'll just go, that's wrong. Or I'm not answering. That's kind of my David Lynch impression. <laughs> and um, and like he just he will never confirm and will always deny. And that's just what he does. Like, that's it's how it is. And and so I don't think he's that like Vaughn doesn't seem to be that far. But he is definitely one of those people. It seems that he's like this lives it lives as itself and it stands on its own. So I think that would be super cool, but I feel like we'll never get it. You know what I mean? Like we'll never get the pop up video for saga. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I completely agree. It's just, you know, that's what I want. This is, <laughs> so. this, that's what comic book fans do, right? You sit around and you go, man, wouldn't it be cool if, and then sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Um, all right. So, uh, now we get back into uh, Alana and Marco. Well, let me rephrase. We don't get back to the present. We're we're still back in time, but now we're seeing them uh, together. It doesn't look like. Um, well, let me rephrase. It literally does. It is because this is how my parents met. But this is how they meet. It's not. I'm trying to. I lost my train of thought here. My my feeling is like it's not like. Anyway, let's. I'll get there. There's a there's a great meet cute joke, and this and my point is like this is not like a faded thing. She's just doing her job and walks down the hallway, and there he is. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not they don't bump into each other. They make the meet cute joke when she smacks him, but that's kind of the joke is that it's not a meet cute. Like they've already like they've seen each other. They didn't bump into each other. She's doing her job, and like he is, you know. I like how he says peas, peas. She says the mess is closed. Well, that's, <laughs> I'm trying to recenter my thoughts because I've, He's I feel like I to say please. Yes. Totally misinterpreting it because she doesn't speak his, his language. Well, it's peace. Um, He's trying to say peace because he says peas be unto us. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought please the first time too. And I was like, oh, he's just saying please. Come on now. And then he goes, peas be unto us. Reminds me of like a, a you know, four-year-old learning some words. It's like, <laughs> so funny. Um, so a couple things. Uh, I love the yellow on the white, the yellow force fields on the white. That's a really cool color design choice to speaks to, to what Staples is so great at, even with that cover and like the pink and the green hair and the purple visor, those three colors with all the other muted tones. And now here we've got these yellow and white rectangular force field doors, really cool looking. Um, but I do like... Um, how clearly she's just not like she doesn't come into this with like i'm a hippie sympathizer right she's just doing her job and and doesn't seem to have much regard for for i mean definitely not for marco because they just met but but also like for his race 
his species, whatever you want to call it. She has no regard. And I like that because it shows, but she's not like, she doesn't hate them. So there's not like a monster into a lover or, um, you know, a sympathizer who runs away with the handsome uh, other, right? It's like, I don't really care. Like, I'm just doing my thing. But then they also fall up to me. That's more of a, an interesting progression than Beauty and the Beast, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she's not a frontline soldier. She is the, you know, kind of not... Like, you get the feeling that she's not great at being a soldier. Right. So this is where she gets stationed. You know, like, you get to sit on your butt and then just watch people while everybody else is out here doing, you know, the what they would probably call the good work. Um, and so she probably has a little animosity about that. And then, you know, I feel like, some of the the violence is because it's that whole like oh well this is how we're supposed to do it not yeah. necessarily this is how i want to do it you know kind of yeah. like learned behavior um but yeah go the whole meet cute thing is it, it honestly made me weirdly think of uh scrooged with bill murray how they kind of meet you know she like whacks him in the head with the the door mm-hmm. and it's been a like, long time since i've seen it. i don't want to act like i fully remember that because it's been <laughs> so long but i get the idea I, that's so weird because i've seen that movie so many times um but like i'm like that's a meet cute this is a like oh my parents were trying to kill each other <laughs> and and i do like like he's got you know we've got the whole like her narration um about the you know I forget that my parents had lives before me, which is pretty typical stuff um, of like a coming of age story is like figuring out your parents had a life and remembering that your parents had a life before you. Um, but what I do like is that, uh, and I'm curious about is Marco is this prisoner who's chained up. Uh, you know, they're not, a, and, and we see another prisoner as she walks by who's not chained up. So he's like sitting kind of hunched over. Um, and then we get to Marco and he is like, his arms are chained up so his hands can't touch. Um, and he is speaking about peace and about them being not so different. And I really uh, am intrigued by more of his past. Like I, I, I like how they're doling out like little bits and pieces. This is like a, you know, a six page or so scoop of Alana's history um, that crosses over with Marco. But like, I'm, I, I like, it's it's building intrigue while also not just like giving us everything too soon. And I, I'm enjoying that progression of learning about their history and their personal histories together and and separately because uh, we had like him with his parents the the issue previous. And so I I like that dynamic of a little bit of the past, but we keep moving forward um, because it's been very interesting to me and i have questions but i don't need the answers i don't need like that brain guy like star wars would give him like a whole chapter in one of those uh what's a certain point of view kind of collected short story books <laughs> where it's like here's this whole story like i don't really need it but there is stuff here that i would like more of um and i think they'll give us more of that and it's really good pacing i think is all i'm trying to say yeah and so i want to go back to what you were saying about staples art and something mm-hmm. that i I don't think we've talked about them that I learned in the last few weeks. Okay. Uh, her art is entirely digital. Yeah. There is no, uh, there's no physical art because uh, Vaughn and 
one of the letters columns writes uh, pretty lengthy. Uh, I can't talk lengthily about how he can't ever own an original piece of art from this series that he's creating and loves so much. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of fucking tragic. <laughs> but it's also, uh, to me, speaks to the idea that um, that he continues to move forward with with the medium, even if his mindset is classic. Or, or, yeah. or let me say classicism, I should say. Um, so it's not that he's like class, like it's because he's. I think he's beyond like he's modern, um, but he's got this like classic sensibility to the medium. Like you, like you were talking about, we've mentioned a couple times a conversation early on where like he knows issue three or four is when new people are going to really jump on. So we have to have a catch up moment. Like, so he gets it, but he's, but he continues to push forward in the medium, which is really interesting um, because usually you don't have that. You have one or the other, right? Like we're all digital. Let's go digital. Let's don't print anything. Um, or everything needs to be paper and we're going to do this tactile and I want to see painted pages. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up, but you know what I mean? Like it's a pole, one or the other. And he's, he's works, in the middle, which I think is how he bridges a gap from the past to the future of the medium. Yeah, I, and we haven't brought up Star Wars yet this this episode, so he is very much a extremely talented version of George Lucas. <laughs> so not just Unburd- not that he was by certain attributes, I would say. Yeah, and not that Lucas didn't have his talents, but he was very singularly focused on things that probably he shouldn't have been. Um, And Vaughn seems to be able to like just manage so much more. And of course it's a still visual medium and it's not, but it's not movies or television. So, but still the fact that he sees the, the future and is able to not get, like you said, bogged down by like, but I want it to be this way. You know, like, yeah, we all want to own a piece of Fiona Staples saga art, but tough shit, man. Like, this is the way we do this book. This is why it looks the way it looks. (laughs) And feels the way it feels, because there is there is. Here's the thing about this digital art. And I so I read some um, kids comics to my son because we do bedtime um and i read every night and so occasionally we read some kids comments i'm not going to throw anything under the bus because we have a fun time i don't want to say anything uh negative about it, specific books with it we're enjoying but uh, clearly the art is digital and the art is textureless you know it's like uh it's almost flat right and yeah. and it feels like nothing about it is lived in even though it's you know kids focus to me doesn't mean it has to be without life like bone is a kid friendly book that that is very full of life and texture and and dense themes and thoughts and that's a kids that's an all ages book i should say and and so you know something that is based on like popular characters doesn't have to be that flat um and it is though it often often is and because she's painting digitally which is a big part of it which is because i watched actually a video of her doing some of her work a few weeks ago and so she's painting digitally but with that right the thing that digital painting is doing is emulating the effect of a like liquid paint and so you get brush strokes and texture but that makes it feel so tangible as opposed to this very slick sci-fi lifeless cold thing um it's really not it's it's earthy which was kind of cool because you have the the magic and the like the kind of themes in the books are very earthy too. So it's, it's very nice. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, that's a good place to jump to the rocket ship talking about Earthy because, oh my God, man, that thing is so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, the 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 fungi, the color of this book or the color of this issue is definitely yellow. That's like the the prime color of this whole book, um, from the yellow and the stuff with Marco and Alana when they were uh, at the prison, and now the like the little glow in the dark lights, which I really love. It's sort of like the night lights, I think is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, and it's so cool looking. But yeah, no, her her the bed, uh, just you know, the only problem is is it shares an open page with a giant ball sack at different times, but um, <laughs> otherwise, it's it's a really really cool uh, really cool ship. Um, so what do you what do you make of uh, what's going on with Marco's dad, um, and and what's going on in the in the ship uh, as we wake up? My question last week was, did you feel a sense of tension between them? So my and I know that you said that you didn't. You felt it more grandfatherly. Um, what are you feeling about their connection here now? I mean, the same. Like it, he never gives off that vibe, and that speaks to uh, Staples like depiction of him he doesn't feel dangerous and even after his like confession of he's dying like you would think that would add some sense of like oh he's got some kind of vendetta but just she draws him so soft um a lot like marco um you know we only see marco like in angles like harshly when he's like riled you know and that's happened a couple of times um but yeah he's he's just very soft and like he just looks like a gentle character and i mean you don't get much in the two pages Mm -hmm. uh kind of him just putting uh her back in the bed after she's woken up after he and i i guess he did drug her technically but (laughs) Like, it it was one of those, like, clearly you need to sleep and you're not doing it. So take this and go lay down. Um, You know, it's an aspirin, I promise. So, but yeah, there's, I didn't feel like there's anything sinister there. Yeah, okay. No, that's good. That's good stuff. So um, he's working on a project. Um, that's that's the big tease there is that he's working on a project and as she falls asleep she's like a project and we see this shot of the rocket ship uh, in space which just basically every time she puts a, any sort of vehicle in space I'm just all about it it's such a cool panel um, and then we get to uh, we get to Marco I, so and his I, mom I want to point out that panel specifically mm-hmm. so they're orbiting the the quote planet that right. uh, Marco jumped to with his mom. Okay. And if if you look, you don't have to look that closely, but it's clearly falling apart. Yes. So I can see that. Yeah. Which, it's funny. I never, I ne- I didn't make the connection mentally about them orbiting the planet. That's a weirdness on my part. Um, but it didn't even like occur to me. I just kind of like they popped off somewhere with their magic. But that makes perfect sense to me, especially when we've seen the planet. Um, and like the it's all in disarray and the clouds sort of look like chunks of land and so now i'm wondering if those are just chunks of land floating around as the planet falls apart right so which you know you find out shortly like why that matters so yeah so huh how to talk around the two big obstacles Uh, the testicles (laughs) there you go (laughs) um so 
So yeah, so here's the big takeaway from this uh, interaction. Besides, she's just so good at being grody. Fiona Staples' work, I mean, um, is that the mom is like a total BA ready to kill this gigantic thing, right? With a big bone stick like that he's got about to swing at them. And she's like, I'm going to kill it. And Marco's like, give peace a chance. And um, it's very interesting. But I also like how... Um, Another element I like is that he thinks like basically how not sensitive she is, but how sensitive he clearly wants her to be. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Like it's like it's this weird. Dyna- it's not just that he gets the understanding wrong of who she is. He's known her all his all his life. He definitely wants her to be a softer person than she is. And she's just not. I think we all have that. I mean, I could be wrong, but I know you and I definitely share a bond with like at some point looking at our parents and being like, why couldn't you just have been not completely different, just a little different? Like in any percentage <laughs> different would have made a huge difference right. for us. Like, it, like it would have a 5% change could have made like a 30% change for our life experience. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Um, so I do. I do like the like the honestly the squeamishness about bloodshed is most unbecoming, and she's got her hand down. She's so petulant about like not like come on, man. And and so I I like how much tougher in a way she she comes off than Marco. Although we know he can be violent, so it, this is something internal, right? Like this is something about both well, of their character. And it and it goes to show you like we talk we've talked a lot about the the kind of gender role reversal stuff, right? Um, and it's a typical story of like a boy joins the military to prove something to his father, yada yada. Like that's a story that's been told so many times, and just through their exchanges, you understand that Marco, like, was driven to do this to prove something to his mother, not his father. Mm-hmm. Like, because she is the, the, that military mindset. Like he was trying to do something to make her happy. Uh, and it wasn't until he got there that he found, found himself. So. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, so I, so we talk about uh, the translator rings, which have come up before, um, and so they, like let's use the ring to talk to Fard, um, and which I really, honestly, not gonna lie, because of the nakedness and grotesqueness, thought was like a fart joke this whole time until <laughs> we get. And so I was like, well, okay, like I'm just rolling with it. It's very strange, um, but uh, they want to. Marco wants to speak to him, but we get the reminder, which is very important for the uh, end of this issue about Gwendolyn. You know, she's not someone that you would think would come up every. Every um, every uh, issue, but she comes up here uh, as this kind of interesting, you know, like don't forget. And there's a reason for that, obviously, at the very end of the uh, the issue. Everybody has that one X that just like doesn't seem to ever fucking go away, no matter how far away you get from them. <laughs> and you know what, like... guys? If you don't, unless it was a tragedy, if you don't, good for you. Because <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's uh, it's tough. So I, f- I feel for Marco so much. <laughs> I I love how though, it's not just like 
his mom is is giving him like do your does your mom give you a hard time about your past? <sighs> yeah, I mean she <clears throat> the one kind of long relationship I had, she didn't like that person. So, but I do still get like comments about that. Like, well, it's so much better than when you were with her. And I'm just like, why are we talking about this? Why? Yeah, I, yeah, it's definitely especially early on there were times of like um because very clearly gosh somehow this always we can make this relate back to me and my my family um but early on there were definitely things of like because i I changed my life pretty hard when i got married and was like y'all's craziness is not going to control my life anymore but that for people who are in the position of having to be the recipient of that change it's very difficult right and and so there was definitely an element of like I wonder how so-and-so's doing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, go away. <laughs> but in this case, it's more just like a snarky reminder, which I think is a little more typical. Um, but either way, the parents don't let you forget, man. Should I let my kids forget? Should I just let them move on? Yeah, should, please do. Don't no. don't carry that into into their life. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good stuff. So this one, I wondered how much you related to uh, the interaction between the mom and Marco, when she goes to Badmouth and he brings lightning down and is like, that is the last time you ever say a cruel world about the mother, cruel, ugh, cruel word about the mother of my child. And then the next panel is, please. <laughs> <laughs> that felt, that felt like a Logan moment. And I want to see yeah, what your thoughts were. It, it is. I don't, I don't think I've ever been, very few times in my life have I ever been that version of Marco where I lashed out to my mom or my dad or uh, really most of my family, uh, even Ryan, when we would argue, it would take a lot to get me to, usually I would just walk away and just, you know, swallow all of that. But, uh, yeah, I did feel, I did like, I relate to him so much in, in dealing with his family. Uh, No, it's, it's, it's funny. I, um, I thought about you right then, and I thought, like, this is, even if your actions didn't, like, this fell in the spirit of your spirit. <laughs> uh, but not, a, not in a bad way, not in a bad way. No oh, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. <laughs> um, so we get to, we get back to the ship, and there is uh, the baby sleeping, and uh, Hazel sleeping, and Alana there, and um, she calls her Haze. I like the, I like the Haze nickname. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and that's something, honestly, like as soon as you have a baby, it's like, for whatever reason, I'm so tired. I can't say your whole name. <laughs> like one, one syllable for our second kid. And I think part of that was to be like, we can always just say the whole name because <laughs> Ezra has been, has been E has been as has been all sorts of stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's just, you know, thin, nice and clean and simple. Um, but I liked Hayes. It's very nice. Um, and maybe that's has- why I got called Ryan my whole life. Cause Logan is two syllables. <laughs> Ryan's two syllables? Is it? Ryan? Yeah, I guess so. It's not Ryan. Well, I guess in the South it can be like Yeah, we always just say it. We say it so, like, smoothly. It's faster saying Ryan than Logan, especially in the South. For sure. So I'll give you that. I will say it's Southern one syllable. I guess if you're not from the South, it sounds like Ryan. (laughs) Yeah. But it's a Ryan. You're like a rhinestone cowboy. Yeah. But um, yeah, my mom always called me Ryan. So, huh. interesting. She probably did just get on your nerves. <laughs> <laughs> she knew the whole time. Um, 
so so what we've got here at the the bottom of her uh, her bed is a little package. It looks like a little grape leaf. I can't think of what the food is called. It's a Greek food. It's like grape leaves and their stuff wrapped inside like it's wrapped over something it kind of looks like this little greek food that it's like a finger food i can't think what that's called but that's what it reminded me of um now i have to google it um talk to me about as i'm googling that about uh what's going on with grandpa and alana <laughs> so uh Mar i love that she calls him a seamstress so he's making clothes um, but he's making functional clothes that serve as armor. She calls him a, a seamstress, and he says, "I'm an armorer." Uh -huh. <laughs> like, which is like that seems like that's the harshest thing he said. <laughs> he seemed really offended, which I get, you know. Um, I guess a, a, if I were a dude that sewed a lot and somebody called me a seamstress, I I might would be like, you know, kind of like calling calling a. Uh, what is it you're not supposed to call them anymore? Stewardesses? Oh, yeah. So flight attendant? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, like, yeah, don't call me that. So Transportation um, expert. Um, she's real real quick, I just need to tell you how dumb I am before you keep moving on. So the the, the grape leaf meal is, is just Greek stuffed grape leaves. Uh, <laughs> but some people call them dolma, but we live in the South. I've never heard them called dolma. I've yeah. only ever heard them called Greek stuff stuff greatly so anyway that's what it looks like continue the, the, the description is the name i love it yeah um but yeah she he says uh the he says something about the loom and she's like oh, i thought that was a coffee press <laughs> it I just mean, made me laugh because like, that would be me like i have no idea i, I thought it made coffee <laughs> well again it sort of speaks to the gender flipping stuff too though because she is she's very feminine but she's so masculine as well but it not not in a way that defines her either direction but just that it, it doesn't she doesn't fit into all the norms she is a mother but she's not the lady who knows the kitchen stuff and she knows it so little that she would mistake a loom for a coffee press and i honestly think that there's a little bit of a joke but also a little bit of like a it could have just been a coffee press i would not have known the difference is more the joke <laughs> and and i like how that's again once again not you know it's just it's just playing down the middle and letting these characters be more like people I know, like 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 you just said, you like I would have been in the same position. And I'm like, absolutely. And there's certain things that people talk about, like the tools is a good one. Like you talk about tools, and I'm like, okay, is it a saw? Is it a hammer? <laughs> and like and and so I, I I think that I like how they're just sort of like not putting people into neat categories with with descriptions that follow. And that's another example of that of not doing that for Alana. Yeah. Um, and they, but then they she have is a... worried about her mushy parts, though. It's showing her mushy parts. Like, <laughs> but aren't we all? Yeah. Um, I, I recently started working very, very diligently on that. So I started jogging. So jogging, really? Yes. Oh man, cool. my Sounds whole body. Tiring. Yeah, my whole body hurts. I, I can manage about half a mile, and it just. <laughs> but I'm working just, on it. Just listen to your knees. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Um. So they have a really good kind of heart to heart. Like I love her motherly instincts immediately. Like, fuck this. We're going to figure out what this is and we're going to fight it and we're going to save your life. And uh -huh. he's just like, that's not happening. Like, you know, my, my clock is almost punched. Like I'm done. There's no, there's no cure. So, um, and I love, uh, she she says something about like how can you keep this secret from your wife and son, and 
like I just I his justification uh, unfortunately has been something that I've thought in my life is yep. just like I don't want like if this is it I do not want my last month week day on this planet to just be filled with people looking at me feeling sorry for me no i i completely agree um i i about what you're saying about yourself because we've lived versions of this you and me like like together and, and and like very tightly with some of this stuff um last second surgeries anyone um and and <laughs> I know that Not you bad. come up. In, no, it's cool. Uh, you're here. It's cool. Um, if it had gone the other way, I'd be mad at you. But who could I tell? Um, but but so, but you, something you come up in conversation with uh, in my house is the idea that if something were to go wrong and it'd be like, that's that, you wouldn't say until you absolutely had to. Um, and so I like, I, I believe you relating to this because i think that's that's a little bit of who you are but it's also yeah. like a kindness thing it's a don't do this to other people it's it's self-sacrificing which is not necessarily the best but you just don't don't lose the little bit of good stuff you can have for either yourself or for others or both um that makes sense and it makes sense to me mostly because i know you yeah it it is a very difficult thing to uh because the first time i had cancer like it, it, it was beyond my control to contain it. Um, unfortunately, so people, you know, when people would come see me, like if people that hadn't seen me for a while or didn't really understand that I was going to be okay when they saw me, you could see them looking at you like, like they were looking at a ghost, and it is not, a like, it's just not okay it, it's beyond uncomfortable like you, it makes you angry you yeah. know and, and it's just like if i die then then like why are you grieving while i'm still alive you yeah. know and i i mean i didn't die <laughs> so by the time we got to that point it was pretty clear i was going to be okay at least for a little while yeah. um so yeah it's very you know it's very tough to, to watch so yeah you know it's hard to say this is the right decision but you're right it's definitely the one I would make if I knew for sure um and I wonder a lot of times about uh Ryan if, if he knew and just didn't tell anybody yeah. because he would have done the same thing you know yeah I mean y'all you'll happen to to share a few genes take yeah. after one another um <laughs> No, I think it's. I think you're right, and I think it just sort of uh, proves the humanity of the storytelling, um, and and justifies the decision in my mind. Uh, justifies it by by making it um, something that really does exist. Sometimes people do courageous or crazy things, and you're like, I that's not real. Someone wouldn't do that. But if you right here as our podcast co-host Logan has done the same thing, hey, it exists. Hey, it makes sense. Hey, this is is real, so I buy it. Um, and so. Um, it's interesting. The, uh, another thing about their dynamic that I want to speak to that I really love is that in this issue we've split um, Marco and Alana up. Marco's with his mom and Alana's with Marco's dad and their their personalities. It is funny how as a 
the couples, the dynamics between the couples seem very similar. Uh, the dad has a softer touch, has a kinder heart. Um, the thing that that justifies everything to him is that Alana, because of talking in her sleep, uh, it is very clear you love my boy very much. Um, there is um, there is a, you know that's super sweet and kind and nice and very heartfelt. Um, and she's immediately, oh, I, you know, I haven't always, and she's not proud of that, but it's like, it's a little darker. We know she's a fighter. So you've got this fighter and the softy together, finding softness together, right? Um, and then on the flip side on the planet, um, you've got, it. it's like Marco's married his mom in a way. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and, but it's like that sort of repeating of family histories and family moves um, and, and cycles. But what it really it makes me feel is that we're going to meet or, or not meet. We're going to spend some more time with the couple uh, of the grandparents and realize like how much they love each other, how much they're perfect for each other, because you can also be modeled into good behavior. Right. And so they've found that they've complement each other, this husband and wife. Um, and, um, and the Marco and Alana complement each other as well. So I feel like Marco has made some decisions based on what positive modeling he's had. Um, and so I think that's interesting just to point out and to look at as, as we read. Yeah, um, it, is, uh, it is interesting how you can, uh, we, as a society, probably spend way too much time talking about how our parents fucked us up. Um, you know, and really they're kind of just doing the best that they could because they were raised fucked up. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it is an endless cycle. Um, not that that should let anybody off the hook, but like your positives do come from the way you were raised either as a, uh, as a rebellious act or just as a, you know, you know that that's the way my parents were so that's the way i am so you know it is it is crazy uh kind of to to see that so well uh put in a book like this you know I, he's just such a damn good writer no nope, i totally agree um so our last page with our, our main characters are or let's say marco and alana that this group and what should we call let's call it the, the family group so the last pages with the family group we're finally talking to fard um and fard is very boisterous and and angry i just love that and monosyllabic <laughs> yes he would definitely say rhyme um and so um we find out that I, I love your allusion to this as the way you were talking around it before we got to this um but this is not a planet that they are on that is falling apart this is an egg that is cracking open it's almost ready to hatch um and uh, which begs the question how the hell did far get there <laughs> like yeah. and what's what his is role he doing? is like, he there with that little stick to like crack it open yeah <laughs> so many so, questions and you know i'm curious if we'll get the answers or if it'll just be like a uh, crank brain and we won't know what the, what the deal is but it's just a thing that it is what it is um but i like that um any thoughts beyond that because that's the most interesting stuff to me um any thoughts about those two pages not anything more than like i know we've talked it to death but holy shit man like her rain looks like actual rain like it's yeah. insane how you can draw rain in a book and it looks like rain because 
like drawing bodies of water is one thing, but I mean, I've been reading comics my whole damn life and rain in comics always just looks, I mean, it never looks like rain. <laughs> like you always have to draw it so big and nobody ever looks wet the way people really look wet. And this is, it's just perfect. I bet there's some comic books you can find out there that uh, show people as wet as they really look. <laughs> I'm talking about being outside in the weather. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, I always I make that joke because I've I've started looking at MidtownComics.com just to see what's coming out this week. But you can press a little button and see like what comes out this week. Um, and it's always funny to me when there's like a, there's always a few of them where the covers are like this generic like question mark or X or something because it's yeah. like you can't show the cut. I'm like, what the heck are people? I don't even want to know what the title is because it's just <laughs> funny that so many exist. Um, yeah, it is a it's a niche market, but very like. Like those people buy a lot of books, <laughs> so um, I, I feel like they have a lot of variant covers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, we haven't talked about which there hasn't been a ton of narration in mm-hmm. this issue, um, but so it, our, our journey, or this issue's journey with Fard ends with Hazel saying, "Some people are haunted by their pasts, but not my family," and then we jump to uh, again a beautiful outer spacing. I mean, how can you be haunted by something that never really dies, which is just so beautifully said. Yeah, this is, you know, we've I've, we talked a little bit about how the narration has can be like uh, that uh, sort of dramatic young person poetic poeticism kind of put in there, which is, you know, it's fun. I like it. It's a little bit cheesy at times, um, but in good ways um, because it's earnest. It's it's overly earnest is a better word than cheesy. Um, and here I'm like, oh, she's getting her stride now. Like I, that feels that feels like there's weight and there's history to that that statement um, and and a lived in life. And that's very, very curious. Once again, what is what all keeps what's going to happen to our people um very very intrigued so we're getting towards the end um and um i i just really love the seahorse agent of of the um bounty hunters i love every i feel like this is like a spirit a spiritual spiritual animal uh connection to the cat agent from bojack what's her name yeah miss kitty or what what is her name Princess Caroline. Princess Caroline. Like I feel like this is like a it's just some they're they're just together in the same creative cloud that that you know Brian K. Vaughn plucked this character from that those creators plucked her from and um but I love the beach and the seahorse and the whole thing. I love this bowl that kind of looks like a fancy sink. If you've been to a restaurant in the last couple of years, that's one of those yes. fancy bowl sinks and they, that are just honestly very splashy. Very look they look nice to look at. And then you use it, and it's like, I got to, like, reach up and over, and it's splash. Not very convenient. But in this case, it's a projecto bowl. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, but we, I mean, I don't know that I have a whole lot to say um, about, um, you know, that, you know, about this interaction. It's, you know, some what's going on with the situation and with the freelancers and blah, blah, blah. But uh, do you have anything before we get to the final page? Um, no, I mean, I, I could just echo everything you said. The seahorse agent is great and definitely not in it enough. If this were an episode of Bojack at some point, we would have gotten a whole episode about this character just for fun. And I, I mean, I'm a hundred percent or 98% sure that never happens. So, (laughs) and so 
we get a interruption of this conversation about the will and the stock and whatever else is going on. Um, he's shocked. What in the hell is this? He turns around and we have a new character making her first appearance. Hello, my name is Gwendolyn. And she's got horns, so I'm assuming it's our Gwendolyn. Yep. And a and a bow staff. Like she like you brought up and we can talk more about that when we talk the next issue. But uh you brought up Star Wars in relation to this character and the whole plot surrounding it. But like when I reread it, I was like, holy shit, she's got a bow staff. Just like Ray. It looks like Ray's staff. <laughs> yeah, so my my I think we talked about this off the record, but my thing is she looks like um in the new Star Wars, the new Disney-owned Star Wars Marvel canon, uh, early on in the Star Wars series, we meet Han Solo's quote-unquote wife, um, Sana Solo. Is that what she what her name yeah. is? Um, and um, and I thought this is like, oh, they crib that because this is that moment. <laughs> and um, down to even, I mean, to be very superficial, but superficial, superficially, they're very similar. Um, and I thought that was very funny because. Honestly, Fiona Staples, the, this one splash page of an introduction is uh, better than all the art in all the Star Wars books so far. And I like those books. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, and it's funny because you said it. And then I was like, really? What book did they do that in? You sent me a page from the book. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that plot was so stupid. I completely forgot about it. Yeah. She's more <laughs> like, fun when she has to like interact with Dr. Afra later. Yeah, but that's a whole other I mean, podcast. she's been in Afra's book for a while now. And so in my brain, I associate those two characters. And I was like, I was like oh, yeah, that's right. She was married to Han. <laughs> well, so we have reached the end of the issue. Do you have a favorite panel? God, it's so tough. Um, I mean, it's tiny, but the the panel with, I mean, how can you be haunted by something that never really dies? The two planets and the suns, it's just like, I don't know, it's so damn perfect. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I love that stuff too. I love all the stuff in space that she's doing. Um, But I'm going to go something different that was on my list, but then when you were talking about it, I think it solidified it. Um, It is the moment where... um, Alana says back to Marco's dad, I wasn't talking about his looks, but they're holding hands. They're looking at each other, the facial expressions, the color of the backgrounds of the trees inside the rocket ship, um, the the truth rocket ship tree is just all just so cool. And the colors are great. I love the, like the connection between these two that is clearly formed in this moment is evident on their faces. It's just amazing artwork. Um, so I'm going to go with that because you did a cool space one that I like. Cause I like all the space panels and my runner up would be, um, either one of the two wide panels of the seahorse on the beach. Cause I think those are both just delightful. <laughs> I almost picked the one with them holding hands because I, I think it's, it's such a great moment in the book too, but like, I don't know. It, you talked about, you've talked about getting like prints of this art and like mm-hmm. framing it. And like, if I were to have one, it would be that just that space panel with those words. I just, I think it's beautiful. Well, that's awesome. Well, it is about time for me to go get my kid from school. Um, so speaking of family and, and voyages, um, I've got to cross a big giant tall bridge to get there. So um, I feel like I'm Marco already. Um <laughs> Where can people find more of your work on the internet? Uh, Go check out xwingfiles.com for all the stuff we do. 
Yep, and I'm on Twitter at Film Dispenser, like a Pez dispenser, but for movies. Um, feel free to tweet me there or message me. We have a, a new um, group that's retweeting us. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, it's a podcast. Um, I'm going to shout them out. I have not listened yet. I've seen their tweets, um, and I'm following them now because I don't know why I did. I thought I did follow them. But it's it's a comic book podcast called Comic Book Couples Counseling. Um, a hilariously heartfelt podcast, says BuzzFeed, hosted by a married couple. Um, and uh, they are, have been, uh, let's see, they have been, is it liking, retweeting, liked. They have been liking our um, our tweets the last couple of episodes. Um, so so thanks to you guys. I promise by the next week I will have listened to at least one episode of your podcast. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was really nice. And they they're, it looks like they're covering Saga uh, as well. Um, and so uh, they are doing it. Uh, it looks like they're like they're up to date doing it. So if you want some more saga content, go check them out. I, I but they seem nice because they like our tweets. So I'm going to say they're great. Um, and I'll listen. And if they're fascist, I'll let you know that next week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll retract everything. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but as long as they're not fascist, we're going to be on on team comic book couples counseling of the podcast. Um, so thanks for liking that out there. But if you have any questions or thoughts about the show, feel free to DM me on Twitter. Um, they're open. The big thing I like to remind people is I. I've not read that far ahead. I'm almost caught up with what I've read before. Uh, so no spoilers if you can avoid it. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week with another issue of